0: and welcome back to another episode of the To Be Wed podcast. My name's Emily and I'll be your host.
1: And I'm your co-host Mike.
0: And this week we're going to dive in to something that I guess people don't want to have to think about but often do and that is wet weather.
1: I think this is such an important thing to be thinking about early on because there are a lot of steps you can put in place to minimize the risk on your wedding day. It's not something that a lot of people tend to think about because um, there are so many other things that are going on when planning a wedding, but this is one of the big things and it often gets left to the last few days to have to stress about and change a lot of things around. So we're going to be giving you some, some tips on how you can be planning for this a long way in advance because chances of it happening are very high, especially at the moment.
0: Yes, Sydney or even Australia's East Coast La Nina is uh, making its way around and causing a lot of drama on its way through. But on a happier, more positive note that you probably do like to think about is let's talk about what's on fleek this week.
1: What's on fleek this week. It's my turn to bring something to the table. Now, this one is one that I've had for a while. I don't necessarily think it's... Um, a new trend but I think it's still a trend that I see happening at a lot of weddings um, and that's the idea of an unplugged ceremony you Now, I see a lot of people advertise this at their wedding ceremony if you don't know what an unplugged ceremony is it's that um, you don't take photos or anything or don't have your phone out at the ceremony so you basically turn your phone off or you don't even have it at the ceremony and, and a lot of people who are getting married will ask their guests to do that at their ceremony either by having a sign you know, as you as you walk into the ceremony space or by asking the MC or the celebrant or whoever it is conducting the ceremony to asking all the guests to put their phones away and not have them out during the ceremony. I bring this up because for a few reasons. I think um, I bring it up wondering whether you think it's a good idea to first off not have phones, not have guests using phones. But second off, do you think it's able to be done? Do you think the guests can be controlled in that way, are they going to really take your wishes seriously?
0: Oh, okay. I want to start by I like this trend. Am I in love? No. But do I like this trend? Yes. I think in theory it's really lovely and, you know, it means that you get the photos, et cetera, et cetera. We all know why it's probably a lovely thing. Do I think you can do it? Mm, I don't know. I reckon everyone's got, you know... Aunt Jan or Aunt Someone or Uncle Bob who think that they're the best photographers on their iPhones and will do it anyways. So I think you'll be hard up to get it done. But I th- also think there are some crowds where I do think that this works. I think if you're going to do it, don't be attached to it. Don't let it. If you're walking down the aisle and you've got an unplug ceremony and you see old Aunt Jan over there taking your photo, don't let it ruin it. Because I think that the likelihood that someone is or they're going to try and sneak it is super high. Like, I think that's the thing. I like the trend, but I also it's one of those things where I'm like, take the trend with a grain of salt, kind of similar to the wedding hashtags actually because I think you get really excited about it or you really like something but the likelihood that people are going to use your wedding hashtag or not be on their phones is slim.
1: Yeah, I think this this really originated from the whole um, etiquette of not not actually posting photos of the bride before the bride has posted photos themselves on social media or wherever or actually sharing them in real life. So by not allowing people to actually take photos of the ceremony, that eliminates that chance altogether. So I think at least if you are taking photos, try to be discreet about it. Um, I don't think you are going to be able to control everyone, but I I definitely think it's a great idea to at least ask.
0: Well, you see, mm, I think you can ask if it's an appropriate time to ask it. Just for some context, like us being married in church, our uh, minister was a bit... I don't know. He didn't like to sway from the rules very much, unfortunately. And so I think that if we asked him to do this on top of everything else, his brain might have just exploded um, and been like, why would you do that? And to your point about people, the courtesy thing about people not posting, I found that if they don't get the photo in the church, they will somewhere else. And typically a lot of the photos people did post before us were not even in the church because people typically – don't get on their phones on the church some people do but a lot of people won't and so i think that's why i mean i don't know maybe there's a way and i've seen people do like an unplugged wedding where they just say like no photos no phones i mean not no phones but at least no photos for the entirety of the celebration so that people can't get those um other photos as well
1: i'm gonna bring up another point here and one of the big reasons why I really appreciate unplugged ceremonies. As a photographer, the amount of times that you'll get an auntie or an uncle standing in the aisle as the bride is walking down the aisle, trying to take a photo or standing in the aisle when uh, the couple are about to have their first kiss and you're trying to take a photo and then you've got them on the edge of the photo with their iPhone taking that same photo. Yeah. (laughs) Trying to crop that out of every single photo is very hard, especially in those really big moments. And that's normally when they will have their phone out. Um, and it's always the people who are on the aisle, coincidentally, because they intentionally purposely, purposely put themselves there to get the photo. So it's nice to ask them not to do that because n- not only is it um, taking away from your day by having them have their phone out there, but it's taking away from the memories as well when you get your photos back and in every one. it's It's just of them with their phone out.
0: Yeah, but how often do you think people like think about our wedding (laughs) to put you on the spot a little bit do you actually reckon some of the people at our wedding would have listened to us because i don't
1: i don't think our wedding but i think ours was an extreme (laughs) case i think it's (laughs) always good to ask people i think in general it's nice to at least to put it out there you know to at least be a little bit courteous and say this is something that we've really thought about and we would appreciate if you didn't
0: one thing i have learned about weddings and i feel like this is a good way to tie it up because it doesn't just apply to this trend. It applies to all trends and just in general about guests. Courtesy kind of goes out the window on your wedding day. You would think, okay, you're in a church, for example. People don't usually go on their phone. Mm -mm, People will go on their phone. You would think like people might wait to post photos after. They might not. Or you would think if you are taking family portraits or something, you'll also get a lot of people wanting to take photos. And we might do an episode on this because people will always ask like, oh, why does a photographer not want to take photos when um, like an aunt or uncle is taking photos behind them or anyone? We keep using aunts and uncles, but we won't give them such a bad rap. But they don't even when you ask. So I think these things around your guests, even, you know, attire people don't actually do everything that you say and you can't expect it but also don't like hold yourself to things especially around your guests because courtesy and some people get entitled around weddings like weddings are weird in that way so yeah just go with the flow of it
1: yeah you definitely can't get too attached but i also think it never hurts to ask so
0: well you can ask But you may not
1: get the answer you want. It may not receive. But one thing you definitely can't ask for on your wedding day is perfect weather. And we're going to be talking all about that today in what if something goes wrong on your wedding day. What if you get rain or worse, (laughs) what if you get a very extreme weather event on your wedding day. So we're going to be touching on that in today's episode. The first thing that I really want to touch on and... I think it's something that's not talked about a lot is the preparation you can do way in advance before your wedding day, 12 months before your wedding day, even yeah. in the planning stage to actually mitigate some of these things and some of these things that could happen um, to take away from your wedding day.
0: A hundred percent. And it's quite funny because I was talking to someone recently, um, who has just recently gotten engaged and I was talking about when to get married and this is something that comes up so early on, right? Like once you get engaged, you're talking about dates and I think what people forget is how much that date actually holds. So you'll think about, do I want spring? Do I want summer? Do I want winter? Whatever it might be. But I remember you had a good point. I kind of want to touch on this because I think it is something that's extremely overlooked, especially in spring and uh, spring and autumn weddings because people just think oh anytime in autumn and anytime in spring is fine but I want to talk or I want you to talk because you're much more scientific than me about the change of seasons and those months that could potentially be problematic and if you plan maybe outside those months we can't guarantee weather but might put you in more luck to get better weather
1: Mm. I actually made a whole blog post about this on my website and talking about um, the different months and what is the best month to get married. Um, yeah. Particularly in our area because here in and around Sydney, um, it does rain more at certain times of the year and it obviously is changing as, as the climate changes over the years and we're starting to get more and more rain so it's becoming harder to predict. But generally, at those change of seasons between summer and winter and then back from winter back to summer, so we're talking autumn and spring, Um, you're generally more likely to get more rain. And as a fact of that here in Sydney, you're more likely to get rain in autumn than you are in spring. So in March and April are notorious for having a lot of rain Um, around that change at the end of summer, notorious for getting a lot of rain before we go into the winter months. So whilst it might be nice to get married in autumn because it isn't as cold, if you're looking for a day with no rain, it could be better to get married in, in sort of July, August even, even though it's May. a bit more cold or in May even, yeah, when it's a bit more when it's a bit cooler but you're not going to get as much rain.
0: And similarly with, I guess, spring as well, I think one thing that you told me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but even when you're thinking about autumn and spring particularly because they are the big rises, think about, I um, think you said, was it October gets a lot of rain? And you're like more, like if you're choosing out of the two months, yeah. October gets more rain and March. Was it March? Yeah, March. Yeah. Gets more rain and thinking about... Obviously, it
1: depends on where you live as well. Of course,
0: yeah. and do your own research. But I think even popping it in your mind to have a think about these things because people yeah. go, oh, autumn's pretty, spring's pretty, that's where I want to get married because it's not too hot or not too cold. But we forget about those other adverse weather events that can happen around those months.
1: Yeah, of course, and there are heaps of other weather events that could happen. You probably wouldn't want to get married in, in June or July if it's getting, in, getting married in an area that... If you're getting married in an area that snows, you know, you probably don't want to be outside in the freezing cold. You know, these are other things we've got to take into account. You know, you don't want to get married in the middle of January in somewhere that's really hot. So yeah. there are a lot of things to think about when it comes to getting married. But just having a look at your particular area, there are obviously going to be months that are way better than others.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you can always look up weather forecasts of like average rainfall for the years prior. And it's not, you know, it's not always going to be right, but I think it gives you an all right indication of what the overall weather kind of acts like in that month.
1: And then if it does happen to rain, one of the obvious solutions is to just get married indoors.
0: So I want to touch on this because I think, as we were saying, preparation can start so early and i don't want to wish this upon anyone and it's kind of sad that we have to even talk about this but what we know is that the bushfires floods or bigger natural disasters more than just rain are happening pretty much every year here in australia so thinking about how that might impact your venue like i know you as a photographer one of (laughs) a really popular spot is in camden for example. But Camden has been flooded twice this year. And I have seen online a lot of people who've had to postpone their wedding, not because of COVID now, but because of floods. So when we're thinking about locations and booking locations, having a think about the worst case scenario as well.
1: Yeah. Like there is always risk with choosing to get married in any particular area, but in in some areas, it's more risk than others. And then if you're going to go get married outside, on an area that's prone to rain and prone and prone to flooding, um, you're obviously at a higher risk of having to postpone or having to call off your day mm-hmm. if something like that does happen. And so that's really what we want to talk about now is is choosing your locations for your ceremony and your reception, making sure that they are either a indoors or b if they're an outdoor location having Having a backup option and not just a backup option, but having a good backup option.
0: Yes, I was going to say that because so often I see the backup option and I'm like, that is trash. That does not look anywhere near as nice. Remembering you're paying the same price. Like, this is not, you're not getting a discount, you're not anything. So, I think when booking your venue, not only saying, hey, do you have a backup option? Because most people will say, we have a backup option on their brochures, but actually asking, what Is that backup option? Do you Mm. have some photos of that? Mm. And you'll probably never like it. If you want an outdoor ceremony, you'll probably never like the indoor option as much. But at least be satisfied.
1: Yeah, for sure. And most places that um, if you're getting married like on a farm or on a property that you're planning on getting married outside, there's normally an undercover area and they're not going to have that booked out to someone else. So you will normally have exclusive use of the whole space. So there's normally either you get married out on the lawn or you get married under an awning here or you get married in the shed, you know, there is normally somewhere. Yeah. Or even in the reception venue, you know, if if worst comes to worst, But there's normally an option. But make sure because there are, are venues out there where there can be three or four different weddings happening on the same location on the same day and you don't have exclusive use of the space and you may have the outdoor area booked but someone else has got the indoor area booked. Yeah. And make sure that you know then what is that backup option if it does end up raining on your day.
0: Yeah. And I also kind of want to touch on... A common thing that I see online is people going for marquees and or just getting like marquees put up as a last minute ditch. And I just want to preface that by if you are going to do that, just be really careful. Or if you're planning on having an outdoor wedding with a marquee is maybe think about flooring as well. Because I think one thing that I hear and I see regularly is the problem people run into is they get so focused on what's my backup plan for the day. Very important, but if you are getting married outside, as we know, if it rains and rains and rains and rains, and then it's perfectly sunny on that day, the ground is super wet and soggy. Or alternatively, if it does rain on that day, then the grounds are going to be even more wet and soggy. So, thinking about um, trudging through that, I guess, because a lot of people do their receptions under the marquees, and you know, people can put up with a ceremony, I think, but when you're asking them to sit for hours in the mud, um probably not as fun
1: very true very true and i think that people overlook that that yes it might be a beautiful day but if you've had rain probably up to three or f- three or four days before the ground is still going to be terrible and just because mm-hmm. you've got a marquee under underneath the marquee may be dry but if the rain like if it's on a bit of a hill and all the water starts to f- starts to run under the marquee on the ground you know that's not ideal either another thing that i wanted to bring up actually that i was thinking about before is that even in a marquee or say your backup option is to get married in some sort of shed, even if your original option is to get married in like a shed, in like a barn somewhere, a lot of these rustic venues outside. Have a think about your sound system. If it's pouring rain, if you're getting married inside a shed that has a tin roof, it's probably going to be so loud in there, you know, for that whole night if it's pouring yeah, rain. That's like such a these, good point. these are things that may not happen, are very unlikely, but do think about these types of things, you know. There can be anything could happen in these types of venues. And I think it's important that if it is a chance of rain three days before and you're getting married in a shed, maybe have a think about those types of things and how you're going to, how you're going to make that easier on your guests.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know you said it's unlikely, but let's just be real for a second. I mean, you are, but let's, let's talk about the fact that between May, uh, sorry, between January and March this year in Sydney, saw a handful of weekends that, didn't rain like a small handful and even if the weekends didn't rain they had rain leading up to it and i know that we're in a bit of an event at the moment la nina it's not meant to really it's probably won't happen next year but then you've got other adverse events like bushfires and we know about the smoke and i think it's really important to think about other weather as well like if you're outside in a marquee a marquee's is not going to protect you from like super strong wind coming in the side or even rain that's being pushed in by the wind like it's only covering the top of you so I think having these ideas just pondering around we're not saying don't book these locations I think everything can have a work around but just know that in that last week or two weeks or whatever it might be you might be spending like a little bit extra and I think we've got to build that in to the budget as well a little bit because I think well one in the last week you will spend anyways but in these circumstances, you'll be probably looking at a big cost.
1: Yeah, big cost definitely around your locations and around um, around some different venues if you do have to go to your backup option. Next thing I want to really touch on is your attire and things that we can do around attire in the pre-planning stage but also on the day of. What are some things, have you got any tips or things that you would think around attire, specifically speaking from your side of things, that – would have helped in planning before if planning for that to happen, like to to really minimize the risk or even on the day if you wake up and it's a rainy day, are there things you can do with your attire, hair and makeup even that could make things easier for you on the day?
0: I mean in terms of attire, look, there's not a heap you can do. I mean you can – if you're obviously having a winter wedding, you know it's going to be cold so you might get like a shawl or a more winter dress. You're going to be pretty warm anyways because most dresses are pretty heavy. Um, the other thing that some people do is, there's these things that you can put onto your high, like if you're wearing stilettos, there are things that you can put on the bottom of a stiletto that are kind of like a platform so that you don't sink as much. Um, I personally look, it's all right. I don't wear stilettos, so I never really run into that problem, but especially if you're getting married on the grass, think about stilettos because you will fall into the ground when you're walking and then you have to try and push your foot up every step you take and walking in a dress is already hard enough and that's just going to be made a bigger deal if it's wet on the ground um so they're kind of things i think about i personally if i was getting married outdoors and it was real coming down or it was real soggy in the lead up i would consider not wearing heels at all um and just going straight into like joggers or something especially because i had such a long dress so you're never going to see the, the shoes anyways actually saw a really good idea yesterday on instagram um but wearing platformed joggers and i thought that was so good so it's just like joggers but like with a super thick bottom um because then it lifted the person off the ground but was super comfy i thought hmm, that's pretty clever in terms of hair and makeup, that's a great point and I think something I was so glad for because for some context, it was meant to rain on our day. It was meant to not be very nice and we had rain a couple of days before. Luckily, we were getting married inside so it was not ever a worry, which I'm so glad for because that last week is stressful enough. But I actually thought about my hair prior to our day because I thought there's so much rain happening and I went for my trial in February I think my hair and makeup trial and I trialed an updo that I ended up going with and I was so glad because I didn't have to worry about what it was going to look like 10 hours later because it pretty much looked the same I mean once you're on the dance floor sweating of course it goes a bit haywire but it stayed in place all day and I was actually so grateful not only because of rain. I didn't have to worry about wind. I didn't have to really think about humidity because that thing was stuck down with hair spray. Um, so I'd really encourage people to think about that because I've heard a lot of stories about you know they wore their hair out curled and then they had to rego they had to go curl it again after the ceremony or just before like especially if you're doing your first look going out in the wet and then coming back and curling it again. Um, And I think many people I know who do have long hair have experienced wearing their hair straight or in curls and it raining and looking terrible within an hour or two. And there is no amount of hairdressing that you can do to make that look good. There's just not. So my, I think, and we'll do a whole like episode on hair and makeup and stuff, but in your trial, maybe think about trialing an updo and saying, but I want, my hair out on the day, if it is good or just think about whether you want an updo altogether. I would highly recommend in terms of makeup. No, there's not a lot you can do. I mean, makeup artists usually try and make your makeup stay all day. And theoretically the eye, uh, the mascara should be waterproof um, unless you are sensitive or really don't want waterproof mascara. Again, would always recommend going waterproof mascara on your wedding day. Um, but if it was raining and I did consider it is making sure that you have um, like a little kit with you. So maybe some powder to blot yourself down or some lipstick or even some mascara if it's going to run just to fix up your makeup a little bit.
1: Another thing I was thinking about is would you consider wearing like a shorter dress with less of a train In the back, I know you've already picked your dress, but would that be a consideration when choosing a dress that you don't want something as long if you're going to get married on the grass or in a field that you don't want something dragging along behind you or is that not – you don't really care because it's your wedding day. You don't care how the dress goes anyway.
0: I mean it is something to consider because – and I was going to touch on it before – is if you're having an outdoor ceremony, I'd highly recommend having a carpet or an aisle to walk down on and that kind of comes into the train. As well, because if it is rainy and muddy and all of that, yeah, but typically the dress is dragging on the ground, so the dirt is going underneath and not on top, so you're not going to see it. Because um, we actually had some mud around on our day, and the ends get a little bit manky, but. I I personally wouldn't because I think if you're like me and you're choosing a long train, you are signing up for a day full of people stepping on it, people pulling it, and having to lift it up. Like it's not an easy dress choice. So I don't think that would be complicated by severe weather events.
1: In terms of the men, I don't think there's a lot that really changes, thankfully. If you're thinking that it's going to be a rainy day, maybe the actual color of your suits could impact things. Like obviously um, really light suits or really dark suits aren't going to show up when they're wet, but anything in between will tend to sort of go um, a different way. So if you're wearing like sage-colored suit, it's probably going to go really dark green when it gets wet. Yeah. Um, that's obviously going to be very noticeable. But if you're, like a dark, if you're wearing like a dark navy suit, it's not going to be noticeable at all or a black suit um, or even like a white suit, you're not going to notice it on there at all. Another thing to consider is with um, groomsmen as well or anyone who's wearing a suit or anyone who's not wearing a suit, if you're not having people wear a suit jacket, you're just having them wearing shirts um, without a jacket and it's potentially going to rain, maybe have them have a jacket on because just wearing a shirt, um, normally you would wear a lighter colored shirt and that shirt will probably go a little bit see-through if it gets wet. So that is something to consider um, in those few days before. If you weren't planning on um, we're wearing jackets. Maybe have jackets on just in case.
0: Yeah, I think this is kind of brings us to this point of you've really got to ask how much you care because there are always going to be things about your wedding day whether or not whether or not that it is completely out of your control. Like if you really don't want a suit jacket, right? and then you're like oh no we better get a suit jacket just in case it rains or I'll wait and then it doesn't rain you'd probably be kicking yourself a little bit because it is extra money or maybe it's not the style you want to go for same with the train like maybe you want a big train and if you go to the dress store and think oh I can't because it might be wet well it might be wet but <laughs> I think if COVID stores anything it might be anything so I think part of it is like let it go if it rains you got some splashes on your suit if it's a suit you really like just get it anyways
1: yeah I always subscribe to that way of thinking and I've always said there are two types of two types of people out there the ones who don't really care if they get wet on their wedding day and, and are just happy to have fun in it and the other ones who are really uptight about the way that their outfits are going to look at the end of the night and if you're concerned about the way your outfit's going to look at the end of the night um, I'm sorry to tell you but it's probably going to get some marks on it through the day regardless of how of how nice your day is anyway. If you get a beautiful day, you might even get something on it. So you can't really care but I just put those things out there that in case these are a big deal to you, then these are definitely things to be thinking about in a few days before.
0: Yeah, and remember like everything kind of has a workaround. So if you are buying your suits four months out and then two days before your wedding you find out that it's going to be absolutely pouring and that the people who are on the groom side wearing a suit – are going to like go see through, then go out and buy a suit jacket. Like there are ways to work around everything. Um, I think it's just having it on your radar is important because you don't want to try and find what should be on your radar a week out.
1: Now, the last thing that I really want to talk about, and we've already touched on it a little bit is photography. This comes up a lot because it's very impacted by the rain. If it is raining on your day, there is a lot of things that you probably have to work around Um on the day. And one of those big things would be the location that you're going to go get photos taken. Now, normally, when you would go out and take photos, you normally outside, most of the time, if you're going to go take photos between your ceremony and reception, they're normally outside in the open air. So we're normally needing a workaround. Now that workaround can either be just everyone holds umbrellas, and you can be outside in the exact same spot, or you choose another location that is undercover. And these are things that you need to be thinking about because you'll probably have a location chosen um, already like in advance before that week before and you'll have let your photographer know where you would like to go and take photos at. But then also good to have another backup option as well because undercover locations are very hard to come by if you're not just going to go take them in the hall or in your reception venue. If you're after something a um, a bit more unique, a bit more you, um, and you'd like a location that's undercover to definitely try to put some thought into that um, ahead of time because you don't want to be trying to scramble the day off to try and find somewhere that's undercover.
0: Yeah. And I just want to put this point out there. When you're planning a wedding, there are some things that are really worth the money and there are some things that really aren't worth the money. Now, when I tell you this, I think that this is really worth the money. Not only because... It'll save you a lot of stress if it does end up raining, but because it resales really well. And that is clear umbrellas. The amount of people I see trying to locate clear umbrellas two days or a day before their wedding and then every other bride or person or anyone who's getting married that same weekend is also looking for clear umbrellas because people often say, oh, well, I didn't think it would rain, so I didn't buy them. Get the clear umbrellas or (laughs) locate them because trust me, you ain't going to be wanting your mum's or someone else's guest Bunnings umbrella above you in your wedding photos. At least if you have to have umbrellas, make sure they're clear and make sure they're pretty.
1: That's a question I get asked a lot is why the clear umbrellas? Like why can't we just use black umbrellas or green umbrellas or any, any type of umbrellas? First off, it doesn't really matter as long as they're all the same. So if, don't try to make them like just a mixed match of all oh, your uncle and aunties All they all all have an umbrella to hand you on the day. So try to make them all the same. You can use black umbrellas. I've seen it done. Use black. I've seen some people who have umbrellas the same color as their theme of their wedding. They're just harder to come by um, if you're going to go out and buy those and they're not as easy to resell. As you said, clear umbrellas are always in demand. Everyone has them they are everywhere but clear umbrellas look really nice because you can actually see through them and that's one of the big points when you're taking photos to be able to see through the umbrellas because there will be occasions through the day where you're taking photos from up high down low you can still see through the umbrellas to see the background you're not going to be hiding anything you're not going to be hiding you're not going to be hiding your face you're not going to be hiding your bridesmaids faces things like that so nice to have clear umbrellas but you can definitely get around it with black or white umbrellas
0: yeah just get some matching umbrellas, but the reason I suggest it clear is because they're hot commodities, so you'll mm. more than likely resell them on if
1: and it's to not worth the stress the few days before trying to find them Absolutely make sure you've not. got those um a while out if it is thinking about raining at all if you're concerned about rain. And there are other people who just aren't really concerned about rain at all, and they're happy just to go out in the rain without umbrellas
0: aren't they such cool photos cool
1: photos I think really really nice photos when people are Happy to go out in the rain and take photos. I've seen some people actually get married in photo in the rain. Yes.
0: Yeah, um,
1: outside in the rain. I've seen heaps of photos very recently because it has been so wet um, over this past few months that people just get married outside and all their guests are standing in the rain. And I think that's really nice to to have that memory because if it is raining on your wedding day, it's raining on your wedding day. You know, you're going to remember that forever. So trying to change that or trying to make it trying to make it look like it's not raining in all your photos. A hard thing to do, and it's not going to be the memory that you remember anyway.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the mask thing with COVID. It's like, yeah, they don't look great in photos, but it is the memory of when you got married. Remembering that you're f- personally for me, and it's different, is meant to be a snapshot of when you got married. It's not meant to be a photo shoot or the most instagrammable day of your life. And that I think takes a lot of pressure off. Is like, this is a snapshot of your life. If it's raining, it's raining. If it's perfectly sunny, that's lovely. If it's you know, so much wind that everyone's hair's out, that's funny. Like just I think if you can embrace whatever happens on your day because it is a day where you get to marry the person that you love, that's all that matters. So just take everything else in your stride. I
1: don't know what else to say after that. We'll just end the in the episode right there. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I do wanna quickly touch on is the workaround with a first look. Now, normally with a first look, the idea behind that is so that you can get a lot of your wedding party photos before the actual ceremony. Now on a rainy day, that may not be ideal because um, if you still want to get those photos outdoors, there's a chance that you're gonna get wet before your ceremony. And that may not be ideal in in this circumstance. So I just wanted to quickly touch on this in that if that was the way that you were planning on having your day, if you're planning on having a first look and that was going to be outside and you're going to take all your photos outside and you're still happy to have your photos outside, you may need to have a bit of a workaround um, in the structure of your day. You may need to do those photos after the ceremony if you're worried about already being wet or getting the dress dirty before the ceremony. And that is something to, to consider definitely when um, having a first look. You can you can for sure have it inside. and You can do all those photos inside. If you would If you're just going to have your photos inside at a later stage anyway, you may as well do them Inside, But if you're happy to go outside under umbrellas or in the rain but you still want those style of photos, then you're going to have to move them till after your ceremony.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And I think as it all comes down is on your wedding day, be flexible. Just kind of if you have to change things, you've got to change things and that's okay.
1: I'm actually photographing a wedding this weekend where it's meant to rain on the Saturday afternoon and and we're talking about our locations for – for for going and taking photos and we have a few ideas, but really we just have to go with the flow. When we're taking taking our family photos, for instance, we just have to do them in an indoor location if it is raining, you know, there's no work around with that. We have to do them either in the church straight afterwards inside because there's nowhere else to take them or we do them at the reception venue a bit later on in the day because we don't want to move too many people around and say, Hey, can you come along to another location to go and have your family photos done? You just have to work around with it. You know. You just have to play with it and and change things and be flexible to move the actual timeline of your day and chop and change things when it is gonna be good weather because there are days where it's not gonna rain for the whole day. You know, you might get a bit of a clearing in the afternoon, you might get a clearing in the morning. So it's better off to take photos earlier, straight after the ceremony, as soon as you walk out, make sure you get all your photos done because there's, there's really big rain on the way or you have to have your ceremony indoors, but in the afternoon it starts to starts to clear up a bit and you and you can go out. So move that bit around depending on how your day is structured.
0: Yeah. That's it. And I think, you know, when it comes to wet weather, just make sure, you know, you're thinking of your location and that you have these ideas in your head. Because that last week is really stressful. And so I think having these on your radar before, like I think it was good for us because we did have it on our radar because some of the the hardest thing about wedding planning, I'm sure a lot of people understand this, is the research, knowing what you actually need to do. What are the alternatives? What, What are the options? So just having that thought space before you get to the last week, it means that at least you know what you would do. And then it's just about actioning those things rather than trying to come up with it, research it and action it all in that last week.
1: Yeah, and ask questions. What are the options if we do get a bit of wet weather or what if there is an adverse weather event and we can't actually have our wedding on that day at that spot? Um, You'd be surprised about how many times over the past 12 months I've been asked about what's the procedure if I get COVID or we have to cancel our wedding due to COVID. But I think a more likely scenario is, is you actually have rain on your wedding day. That's probably more likely than you or your spouse ending up with COVID. So make sure you ask the questions of what the backup plan is.
0: That's it. Always think ahead and I, it'll go a long way. But I think that's where we should leave it. We've probably given you heaps of information about wet weather and some stuff to think about. And as always, make sure you let us know what you think about our What's on Fleek this week.
1: Yeah, and if you did enjoy this episode, we would really appreciate it if you could share it around with someone else who's planning their wedding. Share it around when they're early in the stages of planning their wedding because I think these things are important to be thinking about um, a year out 18 months out these are things that we can be trying to put in place right from the start um and especially when we're talking about our venue these are these are questions that we definitely need to be asking very early on also if you have been enjoying our recent episodes feel free to give us a rating or review on spotify or apple Podcasts. it really helps us get this show out to a new audience of people who are engaged like yourself or interested in planning their own wedding someday in the future so that would really help us as well but until next week guys we hope you have a great week and we will talk to you again next friday
0: bye